listening to the Uloft podcast presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. I don't cut anything from the Uloft podcast ever. Nothing gets That's cut. The eleventh commandment. I we no <laughs> we, we started with uh, straight from our mouths to your ears. Possession. We that's all we talked about. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, so we didn't cover. Hey, any by of the, the way, questions, y'all though. did a good job last week. Y'all made fun of me. You said I didn't work out anymore. Accidentally, which, I didn't actually, say that. It w- well, it was true. I kind um, of did, last week but... while I was gone. Actually, while I was listening to this podcast. Ah, so you felt convicted, didn't you? Yeah, I was driving though, so <laughs> I mean, I couldn't really <laughs> couldn't do anything about it while I'm on the podcast. It was it was mostly just like a accidental like pause and thought that the sentence ended with <clears throat> Kendall it, doesn't work out. It was good. I'm just glad that we didn't get into too much Methodist history. Uh, just live. a little. <laughs> Caleb and I, the picture of fitness, condemned you for <laughs> yeah, you not did. working out. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Picture of Don't we have some questions today? Yeah, we do. Let's, let's, some let's, deep questions. First one at the Questions from the series, I think. Yeah, yeah from you guys, you the guys listeners. The these. listeners. You are the listeners. You asked and we delivered. So um, I'm going to be super nerdy for a second um, for just because the term listener came <laughs> up. Uh, did you guys ever play, like, you're not into video games that much. Um, neither of you, I don't think. But uh, I used to be. Have you heard of the game Skyrim before? It's yes, like, the most popular. Yes, All right, well, there's a, a group of assassins that you can join that are a part of it. And the, the person who's in charge of that group is called the listener. And the listener's job is to hear from the dead old lady um, when people make contracts to make assassinations. And yeah. that's what I By the way, anytime you I hear that, the word the listener. You should take that quest line first, especially if you're an archer, because you'll get uh, the buff to your bow yeah. and your... Okay, so uh, for all those nerds, who I are am listening. back at the podcast, so this is not a conversation we're gonna have right now. Um, I was short; I kept it short. <clears throat> yeah, but then he wanted to go. Okay, so this first question, I believe, is a carryover from last semester, but I think it's relevant. Well, just too. to set it up a little bit. Sorry, can we set up a little bit? Like, wh- if you haven't made it to uh, United in a couple of weeks, or you haven't been listening to the Uloft, which we haven't really mentioned it either. either um, what we're talking about specifically, like uh, at United, what are this we talking about? Is sex ed. So we're talking about um, sexual education, and not this ain't your grandma's sexual education. I mean, that'd be kind of weird, actually. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Can you? Are you sure you're not going to cut anything from the I'm Elon? Not cutting anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Great. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. we're talking. We're talking just about um, sex education, essentially from a biblical perspective, and so sexuality. Yeah, and sexuality. Yes. And all talking the... talking about it from a um, biblical standpoint yeah. instead of just a cultural standpoint. And we're actually even looking at like some of the myths that uh, that you've heard in culture, or maybe that you've even heard in church, um, in regards to sexuality. And then, uh, yeah. So, anyways, we're wrapping that up. Not next week, but the week after next. And um, no, we wrapped it no, up. No, we this wrapped week. it up My last bad. night. I we wrapped like, it up last night. Yes. <laughs> like, so we are. A sec, we can make the sufficiency <laughs> of scripture sexy, <laughs> no. but I don't know. How. We are. We are wrapping up that <laughs> series right now by answering some of these questions. Yeah. There we go. So the next couple of podcasts might be roughly. We might need this. to. Yeah, we, I yeah. think we might. To right. sufficiently answer your very articulate questions that you all have sent in. Speaking we might need to. of that, uh, the first question. 
again, this is a carryover, I believe, from last semester, but it is particularly relevant to basically everyone who... Hey, we're wrapping to stay relevant. Is a, is a young Christian. <laughs> the question is, how can I be sure that I'm actually saved? Like, I believe in Jesus, but I don't always feel sure that I am good. Now, now good, I think, can be taken two different ways is there like i don't feel like i'm good in terms of my behavior mm-hmm. or i don't feel like i'm good as in safe from the fire good oh yeah I so 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 i think there's some ambiguity in the question there but let's just for the sake of answering it right now let's say security and salvation what would you do if you were in a situation where you're not sure whether you're saved you think that you know jesus but the whole faith itself is still um kind of ethereal to you like it doesn't yeah 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 you know you don't have that sense of security that comes with knowing that if i die today i'm gonna have a positive outcome yeah yeah i think that's something that comes with uh number one maturity um you know as you are sanctified as you're matured in christ i think you uh, have a greater understanding of that because you have a greater understanding of your identity in christ i know for me personally um i struggled with this thought like um Growing up, I, I literally thought every time that I didn't know where my mom or dad was, and this was before cell phones, that I missed the quote the unquote rapture, rapture <laughs> and I missed the I missed the trumpet, and uh, Jesus came back and took my parents, and then I was left because I, I wasn't actually saved. My, the prank that one of my friends did about <clears throat> oh, the no. rapture. So at Grove City College, which is a Christian college, uh, not terribly far from here. Um, one of my friends played a prank on his roommate where he got, so it's an all, all the floors are guys mm-hmm. or girls. So he got all the guys on his floor in the middle of the night to get up other than his roommate to get up, leave whatever clothes that they were wearing that night when they went to bed, like on their beds, like flat dirty, as if dude. they were sleeping. And then they all just pieced out. And so when the roommate got up, I think to go to the bathroom or something, um, he was like, Oh, well, I've been, they've been raptured. And I was the only one left. Uh, yeah, so welcome to Christian college yeah, life. Yeah, no, so, <laughs> so uh, my parents didn't play a prank on me, but I did think that that was the case. <laughs> and the reason why is because I didn't under, I didn't have a full understanding of what the word of God says in the sense that once I have, once I have confessed and believed that Jesus Christ is Lord that I and I am saved, um, then I am made a brand new creation I am called one of the sons of God. I'm called mm-hmm. a son of God. I'm mm-hmm. called righteous. Like I'm seen the way that Jesus is seen to God. And none of that makes any sense. And that's why it requires faith. But yeah. um, when you understand your identity in Christ, then there is not a doubt because even in uh, Hebrews, it talks about the Holy Spirit is the seal, like basically is the seal for our um for our salvation and the Holy Spirit reveals God's word to you. He reveals who God is to you. And um, I would say that if you're struggling with not being sure if you are saved or not, then you need to read the word of God more. Um, because when you read the word of God more with a face, with a faith foundation, um, you are brought face to face with who you actually are. And what's crazy is when you know Jesus and when you know what he paid for, then you realize that you are actually a righteous son of God. If you were to read the Bible and not um, believe in Jesus, then you would also be shown who you really are. And that would be not a son or a daughter of God. And so I think when you read the Bible, it's kind of a mirror and holds up and shows you who you are. And I think that if you're struggling with that, then you should go to what do scriptures say about those who are quote unquote saved. Yeah. 
And I think, and you can find these things in scriptures. I think there's there's road marks, so to speak, um, that help you kind of understand and gauge your maturity in your faith. Um, so a, a couple that I think, generally speaking, these are good things to be looking for because the scripture is pretty clear. Um, faith and works go together. Works don't bring salvation, but they are a natural response to the faith that is given in life, right? So if you have faith and you have been saved, then there will be natural things that happen to you as part of your faith that get worked out in everyday life, right? So uh, a couple of them. One, uh, a desire to be in the word more. People who are not saved don't necessarily desire to be in the word more. Now, all of these things individually, you could probably say a non-Christian might do these things, right? But all of them collectively together, I think uh, you'd be hard-pressed to say a non-Christian would do these things, right? Someone who follows Jesus is the only person who in theory would do these. So a love for the word, a love for the church, and a desire to be a part of it, okay? The fruits of the spirit love, joy, peace, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, find those in Galatians, are growing in your life, okay? Um, you, you love the teachings of the scriptures, okay? So you, you, you can't get enough of hearing and being taught about the scriptures, right? Um, and you enjoy worship. All of these things, scripture kind of has a way of saying, these are the the, the physical signs of someone who is seeking after Christ. And um, I would say, and I talked about this actually last night uh, at the, uh, for the last series, uh, last day of the series. Um, anyone who follows Christ has to give up of something, of themselves somehow, right? There is a cost to become a Christian. Luke says that in his gospel, there is a cost to become a Christian. If it hasn't cost you anything to become a Christian, you might want to say, oh, am I actually genuinely following Jesus as a disciple, right? And that's another one of the litmus tests. And then the last one I would say, and is it Peter? I think Peter says this in the first and second Peter, it might be John's. No, it's definitely John's, um, where it's someone who walks in the light. I think this is that first John. Yeah, first John. Yeah, first John. Someone who is is so put off by their sin that they they can't stand to be a part of it that they want to walk in the light. Now, as a as a newborn Christian, you're not going to do all of those things perfectly, right? Like you aren't immediately going to have a deep desire to get in the scriptures. You aren't immediately going to just absolutely fall in love with hearing and teaching the word, right? These are things you grow in, but if you're moving in the trajectory of those things, of growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, of desiring to be a part of the church more and more, of wanting to walk in light and, and put away the flesh desires. Those are ways you can be assured of your faith in a very real and I think practical way that are that are signposts that the Bible, right? As you said, you need to read the Bible so that you know what the signposts are. Otherwise you'll miss them because it gives clear um, examples of what some of these signposts are that you are going in the right direction. Like you're going north when you're supposed to be going north down the road instead of south. Yeah, I think the very fact that you ask the question is a good yeah, sign. Yeah, that is a good like, sign. Like that's a good sign of you are either being convicted yeah. um, by the Holy Spirit or you are like having an understanding um, that maybe my life isn't exactly lined up like it should be. Yeah, And that's not just because you're saved doesn't mean you're going to be perfect or you're right, going to be right. quote unquote good enough. Like you're still yeah. not good enough. You're only made righteous, right with God, made good with right. 
uh, by his spirit. So like, it's not even anything that you do is going to make Correct. you good. Um, so asking the question is a, is a, is a foundational first place. step. Yeah, it's yeah. a good place to be because you're saying, okay, um, you know, where am I at in my faith? And I think that we should all be understanding that we are all continually growing. If we're not all continually growing yeah. in our faith, then, um, then we're going to be dead. We're going to be stagnant. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I think that the question, this question, I think begins growth for mm-hmm. your faith. And so it's a good place to be. And I don't think that you should, um, that you should worry about that. Now you should hold on to this truth here. Romans eight, one said that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Meaning that, um, when you have these accusations against you in your head, right? Like that you're not, that you're not saved, that you're not made right with God, that you're not really, uh, quote unquote, good enough to know God, or you're not close enough to God. Those things are usually like, if they're said in a hateful way, you know, like in your, like not said, but if you think of those in a hateful, like very negative way, then that's condemnation. And that comes from the enemy, the devil. Um, But if they're said in a very loving way about like, man, you know, I I should, I I want to read, like you're saying, I want to read my Bible more. I want to spend more time with God. I know that I haven't done it as much, but man, I really would like to. Like those are, that's not a mean thing. No, that's a positive sign. That's a positive sign, but condemnation would look like, wow, I bet you're not even a Christian. You don't even read your Bible. Like, wow, look what you did last night. How could you even call yourself a Christian? Do you even really believe in Jesus? Like those kind of questions are condemnation. Whereas, crap, I screwed up again. I know that God has paid the price for this sin through the blood of Jesus. And I know that he has better for me. And I need to ask for forgiveness. I need to repent. Like that's a, that's a conviction. That's a good thing. It's his kindness, God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Um, And so if you're struggling with sin in that way, like understand that as well, that, you know, as you walk in the light, you're going to be convicted by things and that's not a bad sign. Um, But if it starts to question your identity in Christ, then that's when it becomes condemnation. So know your identity in Christ, know those markers and read the word of God. Like seriously. That's how you find out what those markers are. You have to. Got to spend time in the word. May I offer a slightly different approach? No. So no, no, I I don't disagree. We did mention the fruit of the spirit. I don't, I don't disagree. And I'm not going to endeavor to push back on anything that either of you said, because I think it's all good. Um, I would just (laughs) say that, uh, and this is our something... authority can't be questioned. You're not allowed to say anything <laughs> yeah, contrary. Totally. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, so I, I take issue in some respect with the nature of the question insofar as it feels me centered. Like, how do I know if I'm saved? It's kind of like this trying to place myself on a spectrum of saved somewhere. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I land, you know, how it's, it's, it's all the questions almost emerging up out of the self and, the different approach that I would offer, I think, is one that John Wesley uh, came to understand. Uh, Wesley struggled with salvation anxiety. He, he didn't did, know yeah. whether he was saved. He encountered the Moravian Christians who conspicuously had no salvation anxiety whatsoever. He didn't understand how they were this yeah. way. He wanted to be like them. This eventually led to his Aldersgate experience where he understood finally the perfect love of God. And so it was the love of God that became the security for his salvation. It wasn't anything to do with him. It wasn't where he was at in relation to God and in, in terms of the spectrum of salvation. Um, it was understanding what God's love is like and in seeing God's love, that perfect love casts out fear, seeing that God's love for him is the source for his secu- the security of his salvation. And so... Another way of putting this is 
as you become increasingly sanctified across time or increasingly made holy across time, one of the things that should increase alongside your holiness is your awareness of your dependence on the blood of Christ, on the righteousness of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that the more holy you become, the more aware of how possibly unsaved you are because of how, uh, and when I, when I say that, I'm, I'm saying that to illustrate the point. What I mean is you are, you're aware of how broken you are. You're aware yeah. of how many issues you As have. As Paul says, a right? godly sorrow your, of sorts. Your dependence on the love of God, yeah, your dependence yeah. on the blood of Christ, your awareness of that dependence increases across time. Yeah. And so if you're in the situation where it's like, I don't know if I'm saved because of X, Y, and Z about me, that probably won't change for you until you flip the script and you understand that I'm saved because God loves me and wants me to be saved. Yeah, I don't remember who said it specifically. How but did I'm, I just get out Methodist, by the way? <laughs> I don't know, but it always seems to always come up in this podcast. Um, so uh, <laughs> I went to a Methodist college, by the way, um, for a year and a I half. I knew I liked uh, you. <laughs> so anyways, um, somebody said this, uh, I, and I can't remember exactly who, but it's some writer. Um, wrote about the fact that if we have like a sin problem, like we continue to struggle with the same sin over and over again, like we just can't uh, seem to get out and we beat ourselves up about it. He said, it's usually because all you're doing is thinking about the sin and not putting your eyes on Jesus. And yeah. you're not thinking about what Jesus has done and who he is and who he has made you. And that's exactly what you're saying. When you have this carnal focus, this fleshly focus, even if it's a, um, you know, skewed in a quote unquote good direction of, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm right, always right, right. doing this. Like that's still the wrong mindset to have. The right mindset to have is what did Jesus do? Right to eradicate this sin? What did Jesus do to eradicate its, uh, you know, its consequence of death in my life? And yeah. it, when you look to Jesus and you look to who he is and what God has done through him for you, then that is when <clears throat> things change. And that's why I let off with know your identity first. Because I, I Paul know said that's that, what, by the way, in Philippians. Paul? That's well, essentially I mean, the whole well, book Paul, of Philippians. Yes. You make a good point by raising Paul here because just because we're here on this podcast saying that, okay, yeah, focus on the love of God and then you're good. Like that's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Paul it's very writes, easy. He writes about his own miserable condition in the scriptures. And so even Paul has this issue of this, this struggle of trying to get out of his own way. Yeah. And so, well, yeah. and, and if you have doubts about your own faith, you're in good company. Just about everyone in the Bible ever did. And, and I think sometimes we get this confused. We, we think that doubt is the opposite of faith and it's not. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Certainty is the opposite mm-hmm. of faith. If you are certain about something, you don't need faith, right? And and so so doubt is naturally going to be a part. Too much doubt can become a problem, and I think Paul would agree with that. But like, you can't walk through your Christian faith, especially as you first start out, without having some doubts. Like that's going to be natural. But as you grow and grow, and you experience the love of God more and more, and you experience His grace over a lifetime, those doubts seem to kind of fade away. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they don't exist. And that doesn't mean you're a horrible person for having them in the first place, right? Like that actually might be a sign of the fact that you're genuinely wrestling with this faith thing. And as Kendall said right at the beginning, that's a good place to be starting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a walk of faith and it is a, like you are, we're told to run the race with endurance. Yeah. We're, so we're not told to be saved and lay on the couch right. and wait till Jesus comes. Yeah. You know, like there is some working out to be done. There is yeah. some some disciplines to be uh, to have to go through. There is some there is some 
rough times to have to go right. through in our walk and in our race. Um, and this is just one of those things. Like yeah. every single day you have to get up and run or get up and walk or get up and crawl. You can't just lay, yeah. you know, uh, metaphorically lay down and then be like, well, I'm saved. I guess that's it. Yeah. Because that's not going to work. You know, you have to get up every single day. And I think that's what you're alluding to with Paul, you know, even yeah. struggling daily with, you know, woe am I like, you know, only, only by the grace of God can I be called his, you know? So I think that we have to focus on that as well is like, if you struggle with this good, just draw yourself back to what does Jesus say? What does God say in his word? And you have to do that every single day. Yep. One might say it's like a journey. A journey. Indeed. (laughs) The grossest word ever. Uh, That word sounds to me, journey, to me, journey sounds like moist. Really? Because it's the most cliche. Do you also not like moist? Bull crap. No, I don't care about moist. Oh, okay. It doesn't bother me. Like other people to. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got mo- you. Like, you know, you say, oh, I'm just, you know, we're just all on a journey. Like, ugh, gross. It's the other day I was at Chipotle with someone. But Listen, time out. I have to tell a story. <laughs> the other day I was at Chipotle with somebody and they don't listen to the podcast, so I know they're not listening to this. But um, I was at Chipotle. So it's fine. We can roast and I was them. Having this, not well, I'm not going to say their name. I was having this conversation <laughs> with this person and I was talking to them like as a pastor should and would about their faith and about uh, just their, you know, their attendance in church and you know whether they're serving or not and just what they are going through in particular right was it mel no <laughs> well we're sitting right next to <laughs> we're sitting right next to some other people i don't know and this lady when she got up to throw her food away we're still having a conversation gets up and puts her hand on this person's shoulder and said and looks at them and says you know what your faith journey is your own and you don't need to let anybody, and then she shot her eyes at me. <laughs> you don't need to let anybody bully you into anything. And then looked back at that person and I was like, oh, bite your tongue, bite your tongue, bite your tongue. <laughs> it was so hard. So that's another reason I don't like Journey is because it's just it's just this dumb, cliche, like ambiguous term mm. yeah. that People doesn't mean anything to anyone. obfuscation all the time. That's okay. a good word, obfuscation. It's all on a journey. Define obfuscation. It's intentionally confusing a topic so that people can't see what you're, yeah. the ball you're hiding. Using the word obfuscation is also an obfuscation. Sometimes it can be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to those who don't know what it means. But we all know go, what it means now, ahead. so. Okay, so uh, we would be remiss if we didn't address these second two questions remiss. since we are finishing up the sex ed series. I'm going to take the last one first because I believe it's, well, no, they're both hard, but this one is... Um, less hard more detailed oh, so never mind uh, we'll just take it first <laughs> you being caleb used Uh-oh. the concept of the watch so this oh, is a yeah. watch that you'd like wear on your wrist and portrayed that straight people are regular watches but then people other than straight people are a watch that doesn't work wouldn't it be that those that aren't straight are still a watch but a watch that works differently so first, I'm not going to assume that you made that that uh, <laughs> Caleb. What did you say? <laughs> I, so I, I didn't. I didn't necessarily make that argument. But the the person is what, applying. What exactly did you say? The person is applying what I said to the scenario, and yes. I think not necessarily incorrectly. So so what I I, I was talking about um, God designing with purpose, right? And if we aren't doing what we were intended to do and we aren't living in the purpose that we were designed to do then we're not particularly useful beings right we're mm-hmm. not 
um, the, the biblical account of that would be if you're not doing what God has designed for you to do, you are sinning, right? You are, you are not doing what God has wanted you to do, right? The idea was, okay, it would be as if a watchmaker who made a watch, right? And that watch didn't tell time. The, 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 uh, everything that is created has a purpose and intention, right? You can't create something that didn't have a purpose or intention, right? Um, and I was using that watchmaker as an example. They made a watch and the purpose of the watch is to tell time. How useful is a watch if it doesn't tell time, mm -hmm. right? Not useful at all. Um, and you can't really do anything with it other than maybe have it some cool ice drip on your wrist that doesn't tell time. Um, I think I made that joke too. So nice. I'm cool. Yep. Ice drip. <laughs> so that, that's the, that's the two, kind two of. Two separate adjectives that I'm going to stuff together. Yeah, ice drip. <laughs> ice drip. <laughs> Look, it'll be cool. Okay. Might not be now. But that's the like slang is a bad idea, by yeah, the way. Oh my that's gosh. the that's the like the kind of the analogy or metaphor that I was making as part of this, right? And it was within this kind of identity, um, because I was using Psalm one thirty nine, which talks about, you know, God knit you together in your mother's womb. He has all these plans and foundations laid mm -hmm. out for you before time, right? Um, and how God so perfectly and intrinsically decided what you were supposed to be like, like a master designer, that to not follow that would be to sin, generally speaking, right? Um, and so that person is then taking that argument or that idea and that analogy and metaphor, translating it onto the conversation about um, people who are same-sex attracted, right? So that's how they got to where they're at, and hopefully that yeah, makes no, more and sense. Yeah, I, I actually think it makes perfect sense. And uh, yeah, I think to, I don't think they're incorrectly using my analogy necessarily. Right? Yeah, I just I was trying not to laugh while I read it because it sounded so savage. But um, <laughs> but the, so the there's another school of thought here called the Platonic ideal, and the best way of illustrating that is you say something like, "Okay, I have a knee." like the you know the knee that bends your leg i have a knee and it does a certain thing and it's designed to do a certain thing so the to the degree that it doesn't serve the design it doesn't serve like like this is exactly what you're saying with the watchmaker yeah. as far as i understand and so the reason i raise this point is to show that this idea exists even outside of the faith like yeah. this has been this is a scientific part of knowledge. human understanding yeah. for a long time if your knee isn't doing the thing that it was purposed to do to the degree that it doesn't do that we call it a bad knee yeah um, that's just what we do. And so with something like homosexuality, because the scripture is not ambiguous on this, because it's not like, okay, whether or not I was designed to play guitar. It's like, yeah, some people have the talent to play guitar, the ability to play guitar, and some people don't. And so some people will walk that particular way and some people will walk a different way. Yeah. And you could say that that's part of God's design. But there are certain things that are part of God's design that just are the way that they are. Right. Fundamentally, at an identity level, they mm -hmm. have to be that way. Right. There's no subjectivity there. Like if you put chocolate milk into your gas tank, your car will break down. And so whatever well, you know. Really? I have never tried that before. <laughs> you can put Everclear you can in your gas tank. I know that. <clears throat> oh and it will run for a little wow. bit. <laughs> for a little <laughs> That's bit. The spicy chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and what that will tell you is that whatever your car is designed to do it's not designed to run on gas or yeah. on uh, chocolate milk mm -hmm. and so the scripture gives us a clear articulation that homosexuality is apart from the order that god designed yeah and so that's where the analogy of the watchmaker so holds. right well and particularly the practice of right and and we talked about this actually last night i think what i covered last night does give 
kind of an answer to this question, actually. And it was two parts. One, um, being same-sex attracted in and of itself, not a sin, right? The Bible is pretty clear about that. What is a sin is when I then decide to act upon said thing and go sleep with another dude or sleep with another woman if I am that thing, right? So at an identity level, um, being same-sex attracted is not a sin. Now, that also brings up a whole slew of things. So what am I supposed to do with my identity then? I am, I have this sexuality, right? What do I do with it? If God created me with this sexuality, what do I do with it, right? Um, and the biblical response to that is, well, celibacy, right? It's like we have to live a celibate life um, as part of that. Uh, and then the question becomes like, well, why would God create someone who identifies that in, in this way in the first place, right? And that's kind of actually, I think, where the rubber meets the road. How do we answer that question? So one of the things I wanted to get to is, uh, I think it's in Jeremiah, right, that says that, um, you know, how would the, why would the clay tell the potter, you know, how it needs to yeah. be made? Or why would the clay curse the potter who has made the pot? Like, yeah. you, you don't get to decide what You're you made were made into. for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't get to decide how you were made and why you were made and all of those things. So if you put both of y'all's uh, answers together, <clears throat> then essentially, if we see that the Bible is very clear on a particular subject, like there's no ambiguity on that, yeah. right? It says um, it through and on, through. And yes, there's no on exception. anything that, that technically, uh, here's your little snippet of sex ed in a nutshell. Sex um, or sexual intimacy is only for one man, one woman in the uh, context of in marriage. the context yeah. of marriage, and that is it. it. And if it's outside of that at all, in any capacity, in any capacity, then it is wrong and it is right. a sin. Which, by the way, every one of us has messed up this. Like at even at this table talking, right? Like every yeah. one of us has messed this up um, in some way, and not in a not in the way that we're talking about specifically right now, but in some way we have messed up this per this perfect. Right, we have failed and we've broken the law. Yeah, that should yeah. it should be um, what God set up, right? So if God set it up to be a specific way, yeah, then we as the clay that is being made into a pot cannot say to the potter, right? Uh, you made me the wrong way, yeah. Or why did you make me different from what your word says? That is, those two things cannot go hand in hand. Right. If God sets up a certain design, then he has made that design. He is he is he has made his creation to follow that design. Right. Now sin distorts that design yeah, and sin and that can was, mess up that design. That was part 2 of yeah. last night. And so but I keep coming back to that in Jeremiah that if, you know, the clay cannot tell the potter how it needs to be made. Right. And so if that's the case and the scriptures are very clear, then I think that we can't say, oh, well, you're just a watch that uh, that just works a different way. Well, no, right. because the way that the watch was set it up can't to just work, work is a, a different certain way. way. There's only one way it can. And yeah. so what this comes back to, and I, I would not argue with anybody to a point of like being um, being rude or angry or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. I'm just going to say like, this is what the truth is. And if you do not, where I think our issue culturally inside the church, outside the church, our issue, and I always come back to this, with homosexuality or anything outside, sex outside of marriage in any way, um, between a man and a woman in any way, comes to, do we believe the word of God or not? Do we believe that yeah. what God said is what he says, and that is what is truth. And that right. is the only, 
ultimate truth. Because if we don't believe that, or if we bring it into question, which is what a lot of progressive Christians are doing right now, if you bring it into question, then you can blur all the lines right. and you can go in any, any rich direction right. that you want to. But if you actually believe the scriptures or say you don't even yet believe the scriptures, but you believe that God is the final say of everything, yeah. then you have to have a mindset of whatever the scriptures say, if I don't agree with it, I must be the one who's wrong. Yeah. Michael, you've talked about this quite a bit. Like you said that whenever you became a Christian, that that's the way you started reading the Bible is that if there is something wrong with this or something that I don't agree with, I must be the one in question, yeah. not the scriptures. And that's a hard that's a hard place to get to sometimes Certainly. because we're very prideful and we want to make up our own rules and we want to yeah. follow the culture and we want to do what feels right. We want to follow our heart. Um, but the heart is sick above all else. Yeah. It is deceitful above all else. And Jeremiah says that too. Yeah. So well, and and that part I think is really important to bring into this. It's like um, people who say, you know, I was born this way, so it must be fine. It's like you you might have been born with the attraction towards the same sex, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that that was the way it was supposed to be. And you said the sin distorts all things. It says um, Paul writes this. He says when when Adam and Eve sinned, the whole of creation fell apart and groaned. Like every aspect of everything that is fell into sin and broke apart, including our sexuality, right? Which is why we decide we can do whatever we want to do, straight or gay, it doesn't matter, right? Like we have perverted and done away with what God has said is good, right? It is the distortion, um, and our sexuality is no different, right? Um, Our sexuality is distorted, and sometimes, and what culture has done, is it has taken that distorted sexuality and made it probably the most important aspect of a person's life, and that has taken it way out of control because we said, you first are your sexuality and then every yeah, other this aspect. this is your identity. Yeah, n- not anything else, not the fact that you grew up in Western Pennsylvania, not the fact that you know anything about Skyrim and a nerd, not the fact that you are don't like working out like Kendall, not the fact that <laughs> you might be a husband or a wife or any of these things. We said your sexuality is the most important thing. And when we have, we have made that into an idol, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and by we, I mean the culture has made that into an idol. Um, and the church hasn't really done anything to say, well, maybe that's not right. Cause we've kind of taken a backseat on this for a very long time. Uh, I think it's, can I, can I just make a, make sure that we understand here what we are saying and, and what Caleb said last night as well, is that if you identify as homosexual or as bisexual or whatever you identify as, you, you identify as heterosexual, yeah. you cannot, even if you identify that way, the sin is acting on the distortion right. of the created way. Right. And so if you are heterosexual, then the sin would be having Sleeping sex outside of marriage. marriage. That is the sin. If you are homosexual, it would be having sex, having outside, sex of outside of marriage. Like that is the problem. Yeah. And, and having sex with the same sex, even if you are in marriage. And yeah. so that's why we're saying it's got to be a celibate thing. And so yeah. that's why it is the same for heterosexual or non-heterosexual yeah. is because it's the distortion of the creation is what it is what the sin yeah. is. And so we want to make sure that we're not saying that everybody that is uh, not heterosexual is in this particular category. Right, right. And everybody that's heterosexual has a leg up and is better off because, because of, they're not. They're in the same exact not. category. They're in the same category. And what, what <clears throat> our goal is 
what our goal should be as we follow Christ is to is to come more into alignment with yeah, what he yeah. wants. And we see that through the word of God and how God intended and created everything to be done. Yeah. So Now, if you're looking for good resources on this in particular, I didn't get to mention this last night, but I mentioned the fact that there are, and we don't talk about this, there are thousands of people who identify as gay and are purposely choosing to remain celibate because they believe that what Jesus has to offer is better than any relationship that they could have in theory, right? Is better than any sex that they could have, right? And a lot of them have written lots of wonderful books. Sam Albury, um, he's a great person. Uh, he's a pastor, um, and he writes a lot about his experience. What's the uh, Jackie Hill Perry? Yeah, What's she the wrote, book she wrote? Uh, Gay Girl, Good God. I have not read that, but I hear it's a pretty good yeah, one. Yeah, I've actually read it. It's okay, really good because it takes you through her journey of essentially um, being gay and yeah. then how hard it was to come out of that, but how good God was in that process right. and how she actually was brought out of, yeah. out of that so lifestyle. There, you, can, you can literally Google like books written by uh, Christians who identify as gay and also who are choosing to remain celibate, right? Um, and you will find loads of resources because, and I said this last night, man, they understand the cost of following Jesus because they're willing to give up a crucial part of their identity to follow Jesus and remain celibate, right? And you're a lot of just average people who say that they're Christians aren't willing to give up anything. And it's like, man, we need to be hearing their mm -hmm. stories and listening to them because they counted the cost and they know what it's like to follow Jesus yeah. and be willing to die to self, right? Jesus says that a lot in order to follow him. Um, so I would highly recommend uh, Sam Aubrey, Jackie O'Perry, look these people up, read their stories, because I think they have some wisdom that our culture needs to be hearing mm -hmm. about this. So if we think of others, we'll let you know, maybe in the next podcast. And I would say but, that they identify, like that that their key is like what they identify with, right? So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I they, wouldn't go around calling myself a heterosexual Christian. Yeah, that I'm would just be a Christian. silly. Yeah. Like I don't identify. So like, you know, I don't know them particularly, but I think even if if you're struggling with this, you don't identify yourself as, oh, well, I'm a gay Christian. Well, no, you're not. No, yeah, you're, you're, you're a, a Christian, Christian. like <laughs> who happens to who be. happens to be this way. Yeah, but you're not necessarily. You don't. I, you can't identify. You can't elevate the uh, identity that culture or that you yourself right, put right. on you over the identity that Christ has given you. Yeah, so. agreed. Okay, so a couple of points of clarity, and then I want to address what some listeners I thought might we be. were pretty clear. What do you need to clarify? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell we'll, you. We'll save. We'll save the next question for next week. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool beans. The first two points of clarity. One is that, and these are things that you guys kind of treaded over, but we just, I, I want to raise them before we close out the podcast here. If God didn't have grace and forgiveness for sexual immorality in the same way that he has grace and forgiveness for homosexuality or same sex, same, same sex attracted people, I would have <clears throat> no better hope than a person who's same sex attracted. Mm -hmm. Like and we, we addressed that with the fact that all sexual immorality is in the same yeah. basket. God doesn't love or hate you anymore. Right. Because and so then, X, y, and Z thing. Then the other issue here is that I think that your best starting point with regards to any form of immorality, any form of sin, your best starting point is to discover what God's ideal is. Even yeah. before you start resisting and kind of getting yourself in this uh, this right. battle with the flesh, even before you do that, so just discover what God's ideal is, and you do that by reading the scriptures, as Caleb right. said and Kendall said. Now, the the possible weakness, or what may be perceived as a weakness, is that someone might say, "Well, 
yes, we have the scriptures, but all we really have are a person's interpretation of the scriptures. And with something as fundamental as same-sex attractedness, how can I trust the interpretation of another person's view on scripture, blah, blah, blah. That's that's the straw man, basically. Now, the right. answer to that is that we actually do have a hermene- hermeneutic, which is a, a, a word for what it means. A me- I mentioned it last night. I explained it Yeah, it's, I use that term. It's a means of interpretation. <laughs> it's a way in which to interpret the text. Yeah. We have a hermeneutic that allows us a one-to-one understanding of what God means in the scriptures. Yeah. And I'm not going to go through it in this podcast. If you want to know about it, we can tell you. Um, but that's there. So that's just, uh, that's always brought forward in these kinds of conversations mm-hmm. is, well, you know, we, you say we have the Bible, but we don't actually know what the Bible's saying on its own because all we have are the people who are teaching about the Bible. And right, right, right. Um, that's just not true. And we can walk you through point by point yeah. why that's not true. And uh, I'd be happy to. Yeah. And so that, that'll help you Maybe understand we'll do that next time. God's ideal. Yeah, we should. Okay. That's, yeah, we, we took the, the long and scenic route through mm-hmm. that <laughs> content. Um, I mean, you kind of have to. You can't yeah. just do a drive-by. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Um, yeah, don't do, don't do a it's drive-by. If you do drive-bys, you murder people, and that's yeah, not what we're trying say, to do. I don't yeah. think that's we're not trying to harm. We're trying to help. Um, I would name the podcast Drive-Bys and Murdering People, but I think it might get Yeah, that might flagged. get flagged. You know uh, what? I think you should name it um, the... Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? That's the name of the assassins group from oh Skyrim gosh, that you can join. I'm bringing here. this full circle. I'm really here. glad you brought that up because I couldn't think of it and it was bothering me. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for listening to the Uloft Podcast, everybody. We will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Uloft Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. Also, come out and join us for a Unite every Tuesday at 7.27 p.m. This is a time of music, friends, and important teaching. You don't want to miss it. You can learn more about Unites, as well as everything else we do, by visiting unitediup.com. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we will see you in the next episode.